More and more badass women are joining the ranks as highly skilled construction professionals. Construction and renovation projects wouldn't happen without the skills of the various crews involved. As we all know, the skilled trades have been male-dominated for like forever. In this season, I'm highlighting the amazing women doing their thing in the construction sector. Every journey and every story is different, but they are all inspiring. Have a listen as I learn about their stories. All right. Hello, all you amazing humans. Today, I have a woman after my own heart on the show. Brina Jackson is an instructor at BCIT in the joinery department. And I remember my days in that shop. And I loved the trade right from the moment I stepped into that that place. And that was more years ago than I care to name. <laughs> and um, Brina actually teaches at BCIT. And she is a graduate of the joinery program. So that's really cool. And she, prior to doing that, had a full range of experience, very similar to what I did. I had, you know, shop floor. I did some work in the office. I was a project manager. I did installs. Um, she also did a lot of CNC work, which I never really got into, but I did dabble in it a little bit. Um, but prior to getting into the trades, uh, she started uh, her path in college, trying to get an art history degree, and then soon left that when she discovered that she really preferred to be on the tools. And she's currently doing a master's in equity studies and education, which I think is really, really cool. So welcome to the show, Brina, and I'm super excited for you to be here and um, look forward to the conversation we're going to have. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm very, very happy to be here. Excellent. And thank you for that introduction. Woo, mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, so let's start with, I mean, we talked a little bit, or I introduced you with, you know, you started in art history, and then you got into the trades, and now you're teaching at BCIT. So maybe just start at, okay, you're in art history, and what spurred you into the trades? Let's just start there. Um, yeah, it was, it was finding um, sort of the arts and crafts and Art Nouveau movement um, through research, and just really falling in love with the pieces and the ethos behind you know, beautiful handmade objects and putting more into the universe than you take out of it. And I was hooked and that was it. I dropped out. I signed up at BCIT for the foundation program. Um, and I haven't been out of work a day since or haven't not loved it a day since. So, yeah. So how many years ago was was that? Like how, how long have you been in, in this sector? Ooh, I we're coming very close to 20 years, 18, 20 years, just about. Right. Yeah. And so was there anything um, when you're like physically on the tools, um, was there a certain aspect of the trade that you really preferred over another? So like, for instance, I really loved assembly. I, didn't, I wasn't so big on like breakout and all that kind of stuff, but I really loved getting all of the parts and the pieces and, you know, starting with them on a, like, you know, a pallet or whatever. And then at the end of the day, I had a reception desk where I had, you know, a bunch of cabinets or what have you. So like, was there a certain aspect of the trade that you really sort of found that you loved the most? Um, yeah, I, what I love is that it's a constant puzzle. Like it's always different. It's always a puzzle. You never solve joinery. Um, you know, you never figure it out. You are, your brain is working all the time. Um, 
And there's aspects of that in every single portion of woodworking, you know, like assembly, there's portions of that where you're figuring out how to make it go together as best as possible. And you're drawing all of that knowledge and sort of twisting it and pushing it into the project in front of you. Cause no one ever teaches you how to make this project. They give you the sort of overarching ideas around how to build. Um, so you're, you're moving your brain in that direction all the time. And the same is in project management is how do you get this just sort of atrocious <laughs> half-baked architectural drawing onto the shop floor and buildable? How do you figure out the programming for a CNC? How do you motivate the people on the shop floor when you're a foreman and make sure that everything is gonna get onto the truck when it needs to? Um, and for install, you know, you're MacGyver. Yeah. You know, here's, here's a Q-tip and a rubber band and I want you to put 19 <laughs> square pegs into all these round holes. So yeah, it's, it's the puzzle aspect of it that I love. Yeah. And no, that it's always a challenge, no matter your skill level. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so there's a, a couple of things in there. One, yeah, you're always problem solving. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you're always trying to hone your skill. Like you'll never be complete. Like there's never. always room to continue to hone a skill and there's always room for moving and growth. So part of what I'm hearing too, is that you, you know, similar or maybe a little bit to me, like you started off maybe on the shop floor doing something and then you navigated your way through and changed your position a little bit. So maybe tell me a little bit about how that path worked for you. Um, yeah, I think I've been, I've, it's been, a bunch of hard work. It's been always putting my hand up, always being the person to say, yes, mm. I'm into it. Um, and then tons of luck. But I think a lot of that comes from being a woman in the traits and never feel feeling like you sort of have the ability or have the right to sit back on your laurels. You know, um, men tend to be promoted based on their potential, whereas women are promoted based on their throughput. Mm -hmm. um, so I was never going to get promoted because someone believed in me. It was because I was doing it. Um, so I was always the first to put my hand up and I'll help you. I'll go there. I'll be a part of it. I'll go for extra training. I'll put in the extra work. I'll be there for overtime. Um, and that just opened up a lot of doors and a lot of avenues to do new and different things. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing for anyone listening, whether you're in the trades or not. I mean, it's always about putting your hand up. Yes. Looking for that next possibility of, of movement forward, if that's how you're built. Like some people are just really happy just doing their thing, coming in, punching the clock and off you go. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if you are somebody who is built a little bit differently and you do want to sort of have a, a pathway or an acceleration through your career from one point to another it, yeah just always put your hand up I think that's just a really key takeaway for anybody who's listening so thank you for that yeah um, now did you have any like mentors that you know you sort of relied on or that that really did champion championing you throughout the time <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I absolutely yeah I absolutely did um I've right from sort of the start, I had this fantastic uh, mentor who took me under his wing and I would work with him 
outside of work as well. And he had sort of a side hustle doing stairs and we would go off and install staircases. And he really supported my learning and really pushed um, and was just super, super supportive um, the whole way through, like as a project manager, um, everyone around me, you know, I worked at uh, Wayne's Custom Woodworks and they were all of them phenomenal, very, very supportive, allowed me to learn, allowed me to fail, mm. um, but really sort of saw long term that that that's how you create fantastic employees. Um, and then at work at BCIT, I had a an incredible mentor in Rob Sawatsky. Oh, I loved him. Oh, isn't he just the best? Yeah, I love, love, love him. Yeah, he's fabulous. And uh, my my daughter calls him uncle now, and uh, we keep in touch. And he's still, even though he's retired, uh, I lean on him for mentorship all the time, and he's he's always available and fantastic. So those those relationships have been super important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I, I know for myself, like I was the only woman in a couple of different of the shops that I I worked in, and in two of them, in fact, I was the first ever that they ever hired. Was that your experience too, or did were you in sort of a couple of different shops? Maybe that there were already a, you know even one or two other women in the shop, or were you kind of like the pioneer in that way as well? I think maybe similar to what you're saying is I've been all of the things. So I've been the first woman a shop has hired. I've been a lot of the only woman in the shop. Um, and I've worked in a shop where I've there's been other women on the floor. Um, never more than one or two, but there have been. Yeah. So I've sort of I've had an experience of, of a little bit of everything, which has been nice. Yeah, I think for me, the something that it would have been great is if there would have been more women, which is partly why I'm, you know, doing this series of the podcast is because I'd love for more women to be in all of the trades so that we can create a better community and better cohorts and more bonding and more support um, and advocacy and all that kind of thing. And I just think, you know, like, here we are, we're like, I wouldn't say we're exactly trailblazers because there have been many other women that have come before us for a number of years, but it's still pretty sad that there's, in this day and age, still like only like one or two women sometimes in any given space. So through your um, your job at teaching at BCIT, have you been seeing a shift at all with even the number of women coming through as apprentices or even like the number of women in any given shop that you know of? Like are any of those numbers starting to change? Um. They are and they aren't. Um, we, as like in the woodworking trade, we have higher numbers than the rest of the construction trades as far as female representation, which is really great. But we still suffer from really low numbers um, and we still suffer from very high attrition rates of women leaving the trades. Um, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that the systemic issues in trades still aren't being addressed properly. So, I mean, I kind of know what they are, but like, or what I think I know what they are. So in your point of view, what, what are some of those things that, maybe like the top two or three things that you would love to see change? That maybe we would be able to have higher retention, not only for women, but maybe for, 
you know, the young men as well that are like, you know, this isn't for me because I'm not into the old boys club kind of mentality or whatever. Like there's, there's some people that are, you know, really not built that way. So no, absolutely. And I think that kind of old boys club mentality, fortunately, that's where I'm seeing change happen the most, oh. which is fantastic because you're right. It's not healthy for men or women. And I think men don't want to work in an environment that flattens them into these sort of non-feeling monolithic knuckle dragging cave people because they're deeply feeling humans just like the rest of us yeah. um and it's really nice to see sort of that cultural push against that by by everyone um it still exists and it still sucks but i do see that as changing um I think what hasn't changed enough or isn't really being addressed are some of the hidden cultural things around the trades is all trades are organized around sort of the male body mm -hmm. and the male experience. Um, you know, even little things like daycares open at 830 yeah. and you have to be on site for six yeah. because women take their children to daycare and men go to construction trades historically. So, you know, little things just around the organization of the space really needs to change for retention to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think another thing that you just sort of grazed by there was, um, you know, just, basically that the structure or the container for the trades is really around, you know, men. <clears throat> and I think part of that also comes into, you know, just really basic things like construction um, clothing and safety uh, boots and hard hats and glasses. And like, it's all been, you know, created and engineered for a male body and you can't just scale it down or like, plump it out for you know all, slap some paint on bodies, it. right like <laughs> we really do need things that are really designed for women and yes. I think there's you know there's gradually been a couple of other you know companies out there that are are recognizing that but I think you know when it comes to especially safety equipment um you know there's there's a lot of PPE that's just really not fitting properly for women no matter what trade you're in yeah absolutely yeah, and I think that, um, you know, there's there's that component as well. So like, you know, again, just creating this landscape where, you know, we can all be comfortable in what we're wearing even, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, and, it, and that's the thing is it, it may sound like a small thing, but it, when every sort of moment within your day signals to you that this space was not built for you and this space is yeah. not a space where you are supposed to be, um, that becomes background in your brain and that's that's a huge reason to leave or to never get into the trades yeah. um socialization as well and just the way that we think about men's work and women's work i think from an early age we can do better yeah i agree i agree so i mean we i mean you and i both know and and i mean anybody who's in the industry knows that there's still some challenges well still a number of challenges around you know having women in this space but i mean i personally think that like my path in trades has been very very gratifying and 
it's been very empowering to be able to use tools and be comfortable around them and like all of that stuff and doing what I do now. I just love it. But um, so I think there are there are some really strong reasons why, you know, I think we should encourage more women and men um, to enter the trades because we have this huge skilled worker shortage. But, you know, like I, I wonder, like, if you were to talk to somebody who was saying, hey, I'm considering this. What are the, the what are the pros? We all kind of understand the cons. Like, what are what are the things that we would say? Hey, this is a really great thing, and these are the reasons why. Like, in your opinion, why would you maybe encourage women to get into the trades, and maybe even specifically joinery if you want to go down that side? I um, yeah, like I think trades in general, but um, joinery for sure. Like, I have I, I look at so many of my friends, and I look at um, contemporaries, and they have jobs and they hate their jobs a lot of the time and I know that work is work um but I've genuinely loved my career I've loved every moment of it and I've had terrible days where I go home in tears but it's so gratifying to build something and to create something to feel physically exhausted at the end of the day to feel physically strong and useful and capable and to feel like a force in the world is just such an incredible gift. Um, both myself and my husband um, are woodworkers. So our whole lives and our house and every vacation we go on and the clothes on our kids back is all thanks to woodworking. So I just, I'm pour my gratefulness into this trade every chance I get because it really has been everything yeah I think um for the for joinery specifically and I guess we should probably at the top of the show we probably should have explained what joinery is um, <laughs> so many people don't so yeah <laughs> for sure that in the show notes what joinery actually is so many <laughs> people don't know so I often will just say I'm just I'm a cabinet maker or I'm a woodworker mm -hmm. and it's different than a carpenter and we kind of have to go down the path of explaining what the differences are but I think for the joiner trade specifically, the, one of the things that drew me to it anyway, was that it was going to be in the same place majority of the time, unless you're doing install, you're going to a shop every day, you know what you're doing, you're dry, you're relatively yeah. like from a climate control standpoint, like you're not out in the elements. Yes, some shops can be hotter or cooler, depending on how well their, you know, um, heating and cooling systems work, but, you know, that was something that I thought, okay, I, I really, that appeals to me. Like I don't That's want a to huge bonus. drive yeah. all over Hills Half Acre all the time and be freezing and, and, you know, sweating like crazy in the summer. Like for me, like being in a controlled environment was a, was a draw for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I guess the other part of it was that you actually have a, 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 a tangible item when you're complete um, for what you're doing and not to like, throw shade on like electricians or plumbers or that. <laughs> like oftentimes you don't get to see like the work that they do because it's behind the walls or it's in a cabinet I mean like obviously you can see a light fixture that's been put up or the faucets that are being put on a, a shower or vanity or whatever but like the piece of furniture or the cabinetry or whatever like you, you really get to see this tangible result of all of your effort that goes into things so I think for me there was a couple of elements yeah. of that and okay. it, it really is very, um, very special as a trade because of that. And you look, uh, it doesn't matter if a person is eight or 80, 
if there is a beautiful piece of wooden furniture or beautiful wooden cabinets, the first thing that that person will do is they will go up and they will touch it. Yeah. And they will run their hand along it. It's a universal thing that humans will do. And no one runs their hand along a P-trap or <laughs> along some BX. Yeah. And it's just as useful and it's just as valid. Yeah, exactly. But it, there is this inherent sort of tactile beauty to what we do that we're very lucky because it's it's sort of singular in our trade and it makes it very very special that you really do it's a piece of art and it's gorgeous and it's warm and you want to sort of run your hand along it and touch it um, at the end of the project and it does I think put that little extra sparkle on the end of every job than just sort of hey a job well done yeah absolutely I mean and I mean just the the hand skills involved to be able to get something that comes together, i.e. joins together yes. in a really uh, clean way that most people can appreciate that they realize, okay, like I've tried to cut something or whatever, and it would never look <laughs> like, like, you know, just like the, the the guy on the weekend or the, the, you know, even putting a fence in or whatever, like it just like people, they can kind of understand how much work goes into making something as beautiful as that, right? Mm -hmm. so many yeah. times like oh you're so lucky you've got a shop at your house oh, I'd love to have one and you know just talking about the tools and all that kind of thing like I think it's definitely something that um yeah I mean it, it, you can you can do woodworking forever yeah I kind of I think about woodworking the same way I think about like Hawaii or Mexico is like you're saying it's so many people's It'd be so excellent to have a shop in your garage or oh, I'm so jealous that you have a shop and people stop all the time and oh you're into woodworking like I would love to do it or I do it as a hobby you yeah. know it's the hobby job that everybody would love to spend their time doing and I get to do that as work just like people vacation in Mexico or Hawaii but there's there's people that just live there that's just their lives you yeah. know I have the vacation job <laughs> and I get to just do that. the thing that everybody loves to do on the weekends yeah. and I get paid for it. It's pretty special. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So from, you know, working in the field at a shop, all that kind of, what, why did you want to get into teaching at BCIT? Like, how did that, how did that happen? Um, it was teaching was actually something that I was always interested in, even before I was interested in woodworking. Um, so I had sort of always had one eye in that direction. Um, and then, yeah, I think what it was, was I sort of just got to a spot in my career and in my life where I thought, okay, now I have enough experience under my belt that this could be a thing where I can actually share. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't have, I, I couldn't have done this a decade ago, but um yeah, I, I felt like I had a broad enough sort of knowledge base within industry and a unique voice to bring in to the teaching landscape. Um, just being a woman in the trades and, and having the sort of giant different experiences that I've had. So yeah, I had always been pointed in that direction. And then the opportunity came and timing, it was the right kind of moment. And that was it. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I, and I, you know, I really love that 
you know, you have all this background and this experience and, and now you're in this, this role where you can really help um, influence and mentor women that are coming through. They can see sort of wh where you came to. And it's not the, the teaching of BCIT is the end goal. It's just like, this is one of the paths that you could take and mm -hmm. within what what you're doing right now and i think that's just really amazing i mean like i run my own business but you're a teacher at bcit like we both started in the shop at bcit right um, yeah no and that's and that's the thing for i'm sure for a whole bunch of students is you know teaching at bcit is the absolute last thing they'd want to do but what you're doing you know running your own business and really leaning into supporting women in the trades like that for them would be their inspiration but it's nice to be in a position where I do see so many students and can kind of push them into those directions like hey yeah. you know I know this very badass boss lady that you can <laughs> talk to if that's what you're into and yeah it's neat to be able to sort of pull all of those different resources and and help women because of the experiences that I've had and because of my positionality I do bring something different to my teaching praxis than my male colleagues do. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier and, and you had mentioned that you have sort of like the special pet project that you're doing at BCIT. Do you wanna share a little more around what, what that is? Yeah, um, we have been, it was actually started um, by my AD, Dave Dunn. Um, and what he wanted to do was make safety more accessible to mm. all students um and so what we've done is we've gone sort of starting in the joinery department and then spreading out across seven of the trades at bcit um we've created videos sort of around safety procedures for particular tools or procedures um and those videos have then been turned into QR codes that are put right onto the tool. Ah, that's yeah. awesome. So in the joinery department, you know, if I'm a student at the table saw and I've been given the demo on how to change a blade and then my instructor sort of wanders off and is helping someone else and I can't quite remember what the procedure is. Um, I can't quite remember how to lock the saw out. I can scan the QR code right on the table saw and watch the video on how to do that um and yeah, those are really neat. Good. i love it yeah it takes you inside you know like with video students are still getting the in-person demonstration but with video i can go inside the housing for the motor i can look at the arbor not being spun on you know there's a lot of things that you just won't get in a class of 16 maybe if you're way at the back or you know, yeah. you were sick that morning and you just kind of weren't paying attention. Like you really get to get right up close and inside the mechanics of a lot of these machines, which you couldn't do. I mean, we, we go through the planer while it's running and you can't do that wow. as, as a student. So there's, there's some really neat stuff. And we've done that with um, carpentry, piping, sheet metal, welding, steel trades, um, it's just been really neat to sort of get that all together. Um, and then pushing that even further, we've been able to do um, virtual reality walkthroughs of all seven of the trades shops 
where you can actually click on sort of safety hotspots. You can click on certain tools and watch some of those videos and orient yourself within the shop space, get familiar as a new student coming in, figure out where all of the uh, emergency exits and fire extinguishers are. So yeah, it's been really neat to sort of pivot from teaching and lean into safety a little bit and technology. Yeah, that is really, really cool. Like I love, I mean, we all know what a QR code is because we go to a restaurant and you scan it, you know, you're, you know, like it pops up with, with, with the menu, but yeah, you, yeah. You tie that into a video around, uh, I, that's just so cool. I love it. It's, it's super awesome. And what's so neat is because, you know, this isn't like a project I'm doing off the side. It's funded by BCIT and BCIT is behind it, which means that we can then take all of that time and money and everything that we spent on these QR codes and push them out into high schools and hand them off to high schools for free. Yeah. So trying to just further safety culture, not just within our own institute, but province-wide. Um, so any high school has the availability to, to grab these QR codes and put them on their machines at the high school level as well. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. All right, so talking about tools, mm -hmm. round out the show, I'm gonna ask you a couple of little fun questions. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite tool and why? Chisels. I love them. Chisels. Yep. I've got a, yeah. I find, do you, now, do you have a favorite tool? I have so many. <laughs> hard to choose. Like, yeah, no, I, I mean, I have this, we have this little steel ruler. So handy, like really tiny, like graduation of, of measurement. I mean, as a joiner, like you know, we're working to like a 32nd of an inch, like kind of thing, like just really, I mean, obviously millimeters at BCIT, but I'm, I'm still doing inches. Um, well, we do both. We do both. And um, uh, there's a little, we call it a blue bar, but it's a cat's paw. It's like about this big and it has mm -hmm. like a little flat edge on the bottom and then like a little like nail puller thing on the one end and you just you can yep. put it under something and you step on it even and yep. raise up that just, it is the thing For is installing just, doors and yep. so handy. Like so handy. So handy in the shop, on site, no matter what. Um, and then, you know, the, the big guns, everybody likes demo. So like, you know, your sawzalls and like fledges <laughs> and all that's so satisfying when you're doing demo, right? But um, but yeah, no, like these, these, it's always these small little tools that I think I love the most because they're just so handy and they're indispensable. Yeah. You might be able to do it in a different way, but just to have something just off you go done. Yep. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love stuff like that. See, I find with, with joiners, especially is, um, I found everyone kind of has their, their little niche or their little corner of what tooling is. And they nerd out and fall in love with that little corner, like you with the small ruler and the little micro adjustable tools. And I, I nerd out with chisels like crazy. My colleague Bill loves anything under power, big machines. Um, I actually worked with a woman who fell in love with clamps and she had every clamp you could imagine. And just there, yeah. That's it's so it's awesome. kind of neat just to watch people in industry and watch sort of the the avenue of tool that they fall in love with. Mm. It was very telling. Yeah. So <laughs> in our conversation, I did I hear that you you have a shop of your own at your house? I well, I have a shed. <laughs> we have a CNC in there. 
um, but not a full, not a full shop. So I've, I've got run of the shop at BCIT right. and then my husband, um, co-owns a shop in Poco. So we've also got full run of that. So nice. Yeah. So what, um, uh, so what is your sort of like your next renovation project or what would you want to build next as a piece of furniture or like, do you have anything that you're currently working on that sort of exemplifies sort of your background and what your trade is? Um, at, actually at the moment, I've got uh, a set of mid-century modern uh, walnut shelving unit sort of pieces that I've got to put together. I've got to get the shelves for them. Um, just off to the side here, sitting, waiting for a wipe on poly finish and to be installed. Um, but every, our, we've got two houses, one here and one in Lillooet, and they're both constantly under construction. Um, we have, we have yet to live in a finished home. <laughs> yes. So everything, <laughs> every project is on the go always at once. I would love to finish a thing. That would be my next project would be to finish <laughs> a thing and not yeah. get 80% of the way there and then start the next one. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's like, <laughs> no, yeah, we've, I've, we've been in this house for six years. There's no baseboard yet. I'm getting to it. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, is there anything else that you would want to share with people or do we sort of feel complete in our conversation? Yeah, I, like I chat with you all day long about all this stuff, but I Oh, I, totally. I'm totally enjoying chatting with you. No, I think this is great. Like I'm just really pleased to have been invited and been able to I know we've talked a bunch before, but it's nice to just be able to hang out and chat about wood nerd stuff. I know. And especially <laughs> woman to woman, right? Like it's so rare. Um yeah. and I'm totally gonna come and visit you at BCIT and in, in the shop maybe. Yeah, the do that. Absolutely. And, um, just to come and just say hi and and just actually put out an offer too. Like if there there happens to be a time where it would be of any value for someone like myself to come in and just have a casual chat, even over lunch or something with some of the classes going through, I'd be more than happy and honored to to give my time that way or have a conversation. And if not, no, no issue, no big deal. But oh, hundred percent. We would absolutely love that. And uh you may regret that offer because I'm going to take you up on that at every chance I can get. Um, I, you know, I, I don't say stuff I don't mean. So okay, perfect. I, I really, I, I would yep. really love to be able to do that, especially if there was like, a, you know, say maybe like three or four women apprentices that are in the various classes that are going through at any given time to be able to connect mm -hmm. with them, support them. And if I can, then. Um, I'm well, and what's fantastic with our courses is, um, in the sort of five plus years that I've been there teaching, um, there's actually only been maybe a handful of classes that were exclusively male. Mm. Um, almost all of our classes have at least one woman in them, which is really great. Mm. Um, and then at the foundation level, some of our classes are almost 50-50. Like that's, that's rare, amazing. but it does happen. That's and that's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, sure. and definitely like seeing um, just sort of all different types of folks come through is is really special. It's really great. Um, you know, I've, we've got a student there right now who's really making me look at my own 
sort of privilege around ableism um and really thinking about ableism in the trades in a in a very different way um so i just i feel so incredibly lucky everybody that we meet sort of brings their own thing to the table and we're always learning from each other it's really cool wow you know i and i don't think i could end the show in a better way so thank <laughs> you so much for coming on and sharing all about your path and what's going on at bcig and the safety aspects of things and but I do really sincerely hope that any women that happen to be listening to this or or the dudes out there that are maybe considering some, you know, some trade direction um, that, yeah, I mean, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to chat with anybody and, um, you know, keep listening to all the next episodes. So everyone, hope you have a great day. And uh, Brina, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening, and I hope you feel as inspired as I do. If you or someone you know has interest in the trades, there are many resources, many programs and supports. There's also a ton of women's groups out there specifically for those who are in the trades. We'll list a number of them in the show notes, but be sure to reach out if you're having challenges finding some in your area. We're all in this together after all, and we're happy to help in any way we can.